He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. All right, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're back with a brand new episode of the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Jackfish. Yeah, I, I, I gave you a new nickname. Like, like, <laughs> you know, it's weird. Uh, I was wondering. What, I've always wondered what his middle name was. <laughs> I got to start using the full Nelson, the hurt box, <laughs> as some would call it. Our guest this week has been everywhere, held everything. A world-renowned professional wrestler. Held everything. He's held <laughs> championship in, in both he's, continents. Yeah, all the continents. He's he's Germany, NXT. He's held babies. He's held babies. He's, <laughs> Two now. <laughs> Held tag titles all by himself. He's very impressive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Got two arms for two titles. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Good at math. Mm, are we all? Not so much. One <laughs> history. Mm-hmm. We, are, we all are not, Frank. The answer to that is no. No. Yeah. I'm not good. No. Like you get me past long division and I'm going to struggle. No. I mean, it, for you, in our age, we, we all have a cell phone, right? So there's a calculator on there. So yeah, why should I be bothered? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I mean, that's sound logic yeah. from our guest. Who we, is? Alexander yeah. Wolf. No, there we go. <laughs> the Wolfman. Oh, that's me now. So so the X-Men. The X-Men. Yeah. Known, uh, Alexander Wolf. Yes. But uh, now just Axel. No, I'm I'm still known as Axel, but formerly known as Alexander Wolf. So yes. the guy who worked with Bob on some loops and got got knocked the fuck out. Oh, am I yes. about to swear? <laughs> Too late I now. Think, yeah. Uh, wait, is there a little bit of interference? Pass interference. No, if, no I, I think we're frozen now. It was, it was frozen briefly, but I think we're good now. Oh, okay. okay. So, and all I heard was "knock the fuck out." I don't know who. Yeah, I definitely missed some stuff there. Just, it wasn't me that got knocked out. Okay. Well, I mean, I know what he's referencing. Tell us. I, uh, I just, <laughs> uh, I just recently watched uh, some, some, some best offs. And um, a buddy of mine, he, he kind of like texted me with a video clip where uh, Bobby and I, we had a match against each other with our two factions. One was Undisputed Era, the other was Imperium. And in the beginning of the match, I wasn't tucking my chin because I was about to get chopped by Roderick Strong, who has yes. a good knife at shop in the back. And... In my mind was kind of like, oh, that will sting, right? So <laughs> like the movement in front of us, but simultaneously Bobby Fish, who has knife edge kicks, uh, was <laughs> kicking me in the chest. But because my chin was tucked at the chest, he Ooh. hit the jaw and I was knocked out cold. Oh, yeah. So a, a poor, um, a uh, poor situation to find yeah. a, a poor sandwich to find yourself the meat definitely of. and <laughs> it's just how legit bobby fish is for real but in that case i blame it all by myself yeah. because i pushed out by the, uh, 
a chop in the back. So I kind of, you know, it's, I got distracted. It, it, I, like, it's the thing with pro wrestling is everything happens so fast that, yeah. like, you can second guess everything. But in that moment, like, nope. You're just, it's like whatever takes over, whatever repetition's been there, whatever's happened in the past where you've protected yourself this way or that way, it's like yeah. that muscle memory takes over. And, uh, you know, sometimes it saves our ass and other times um, not so not much. So much. No, but in the end, like, uh, I always try to find positive things, even in uh, negative uh, situations or anything. But I'm I'm grateful for first of all Drake, uh, Drake. Uh, what was yes, it? sir. Yep. So yep. Uh, he protected me very good, yep. um, so that no more damage happened to me. They yeah. took me out, but uh, after five minutes, I was almost back on hundred percent. But because of all the concussion protocols, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they yeah. uh, stopped me from going back in and just put me on the yeah. shelf, rightfully so. So. Yeah. Uh, in that case, uh, I was happy to not be somewhere in uh, whatever independent promotion who care less about their workers. I was sure uh, heavily protected by one of the best. So yeah. in that case, I'm I'm grateful for the whole entire situation happened, uh, happened <laughs> and, uh, at WWE uh, NXT. So yeah, yeah, I, it's the truth. I mean, as far as a a class operation they always did things top notch um took very good care of my numerous um things to the head um i was i'll say as ironic as this will sound but similar to what y your sentiments were like i was fortunate enough to tear my acl while working for wwe because you know, I was taken care of and uh, paid while I was off and had my knee surgery done by maybe the best surgeon for knees in the country. So, yes, Frank. What's your last by, name? By Frank. <laughs> Gubats. You're a surgeon? Only on Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> you let Frank Only work on, on your legs? <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, uh, there, was a, there was a coupon. <laughs> In the uh, Times Union. Buy one knee, get the second one free. <laughs> yeah. Surgery yeah. by Frank. Found on yes. Groupon only. <laughs> <laughs> or Pornhub. Yes. What? Well, huh? um, I have to say, uh, hands down, one of my favorite um, opponents. Definitely, um, like, you were the first person literally that under an, an NXT contract that uh, I interacted with. Yeah. That was, I, uh, cause I don't count, um, I don't count uh, Tommy and or Alistair Black, whatever you want to refer to him as that was like kind of a tryout. Like I wasn't ah, actually Yeah, I remember. There. Yeah. So the first time that anyone sees what would become the undisputed era is when Kyle and I do the run in um Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Yep. yep. And that was you guys in AOP mm. and uh we come out and we jump you and EY. Yeah, and Demo as well. Like some yes. somewhere it was there. Demo on the yeah. outside. Well, yeah. Demo outside, yes. Yep. Yeah. And I remember we would go 
Go ahead. I, I remember uh, like everything was crazy. We won the tag titles. We celebrated production our year. Sell the match. Sell the match. Oh, the guys are coming. Then I remember I got chopped down the, the sandwich. At first the low kicks and then the yeah. sandwich kick. And the I got the uh, the brain buster kick against the head. And yeah. Yeah, that was a cool moment because the entire yeah. arena exploded. Like, so, well, and, you know, to the, it, for us, you know, it was a hot way to start. And, you know, we owe that to you guys. Like, um, we had no idea, honestly, like you have those insecure moments. And I remember Kyle and I talking in the back, like, I don't know who the hell we are. <laughs> um, and you guys uh, did the honors for us that night. Um, and, and I mean, not the honors as far as the match, but like to, to, for us to do the run in and to get us off to a hot start. And then, I mean, we would be married to you guys for a while. Oh yeah. We had some fun times awesome. at the house. Yes. And dude, to be honest, I wish we would have continued that feud because I believe like sanity against undisputed era, we would have. Uh, at least uh, three to four months or like mm -hmm. let's say two to three takeover matches mm -hmm. in us because uh, I remember we always had like super super fun with the six man tags on the house show loops mm -hmm. um, and like the out of state loops not the coconut shows the out of state loops and just tried different stuff out but we had like always a good chemistry and uh, however always. we paired up with and it was always fun so and it was always. a bummer like um, not only to get a call up uh, without doing anything with you guys, uh, like in a match, in a big, I don't know, blow of match or yeah something, uh, and then got the call up, uh, just call up too early, and yeah. yeah so again, uh, I wished we would have stayed at least one year longer just to kind of like finished because I thought the story wasn't that finished. Uh, between us, I think the last time when we interacted together was take over New Orleans WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans, and okay. it was something where you guys had, I think, a tag match somehow. I don't remember, but I remember that Adam worked Tommy, and then we guys uh, helped out uh, Tommy in some kind of form mm -hmm. shenanigans. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We, yeah, well, I agree. We have more mileage in us for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, everything uh, goes the way it goes. I, I think that as a whole, that NXT black and gold time, um, it, and it gets remembered so fondly. Um, obviously, nostalgia is a thing. It's, it's a real mm -hmm. thing. But um, at the risk of sounding biased, I feel like the the black and gold stuff that little window of time um to like slightly before us and then um you know during that time i think that stuff will hold up yeah you know even for years to come i just think it was was good like the writers were hitting on all cylinders and uh the there was a a, a really really solid roster yeah, for sure. Uh, I, when I started with NXT, it was 2015 in April. I was part of the first ever international group. So a bunch of yeah. foreigners there and just, you know, try to 
see what's going on over there for me it was first time in the states and um I that culture did, shock it was a huge culture shock because yeah. uh you you you've been to germany so you kind of yeah. know that's it's, it's kind of the same but it's different like mentality wise and of course mentality wise comparing to florida yeah. um but in general like um speaking about like how nxt evolved uh when i came to nxt i think it was after wrestlemania 30. Uh, my first I'm WrestleMania, no it was it was uh, my first WrestleMania numbers. was Dallas. So when I started, uh, you had still Becky, Sasha, Charlotte there. Right. So it was before oh, the yeah. WWE Women's Evolution. Dallas was the, the first one with AJ, right? Yeah. Was that AJ's when AJ? Yeah, AJ's first WrestleMania was Dallas. So uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. When when I went to NXT, there was still. Uh, Kevin was still there. Sammy was still there. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. they 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 kind of like got into the mode of hey, let's look more on the indie market for talents than mm -hmm. at the college guys or football guys or whatever. Right. So they they already had the idea of what they want to go like, which direction. Like, let's right. see who already can work. And who we can kind of like put in this frame of working in the WWE system, how to work a live production, how to work a match in general, how to work with uh, time and everything. Sure. So, and I assumed uh, it would save them time because when you see the time when we wrestled, we had so many great guys there who yeah. fought all over the States and all over the world in general. And you would mm -hmm. have guys like Shinsuke being like, big superstars from a different country yeah. from even a different continent and just right. came over there and just adopted and mixed right. it up with guys like a Bobby Roode or whatever, or then later as yeah. uh, Samoa Joe um, with uh, Fergal. And then they passed on, uh, passed up Fergal, uh, uh, Prince uh, David. Oh, yeah. Finn Balor. And then uh, you had Samoa <laughs> Joe against Shinsuke Nakamura and like all like this, this big names. And then yeah. somewhere I was in there with, you know big superstars but i came from from a country where the tradition of wrestling is big or was big but the scene is still i mean it gets better now or it got better even before pandemic but uh it's still small and in comparison to for example england which is kind of the same size where the culture of wrestling is more uh, glorified than in germany um, really yeah oh that's interesting because i for for me um, you know, being from the States, I think when I go over, I kind of compartmentalize in my head. Um, and it's all kind of Europe, you know, it's, it's yeah. all, and that's a, a misperception on my part, yeah. admittedly. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of like the same way the States are. So, um, uh, everybody speaks the same language, maybe no. Two languages right spanish and english <laughs> there's english. a lot of spanish yeah so a lot of spanish. and then in, in europe is like so different countries so for me it's super easy to travel here from country to country but it it would be the same way i would travel from florida to alabama and yeah. if i would travel the same distance from germany i would be in italy for example or right. i would be in england if i would drive through that far right so but um 
Now, England is a little bit different. It's 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 still Europe, but um, it's like especially the wrestling market is so different. So, for example, yeah. you have uh, the scene in England. The top stars right there are not the top stars in uh, continental Europe. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Hmm. It's it's crazy though, because you have a lot of guys there who've been very talented, but they are not in Europe at all. Some of them, but they nobody knows them. Continental mm -hmm. Europe, right? Hmm. So same uh, when I came to, uh, up to to England, because uh, my main pro promotion in England is Progress, and mm -hmm. um, because of what I have done in uh, WWE and etc., they knew who I was, but if somebody else from Germany comes up, it's the same way some of the English boys would come down to Germany. It's kind of like, okay, mm -hmm. show me what you got. We don't know you, so introduce yourself in the mm -hmm. ring. All right. So how how does that come about then? Uh, like, how do you find pro wrestling to begin with? Even even like not to take us in the all the way back machine here, boys, but. Uh, <laughs> like how do you how do you stumble upon pro wrestling um it's it's kind of a way back machine because it's a little bit history related that's okay so um i of course i started as a wrestling fan and i started watching frequently wrestling after the folks in East Germany got cable television and it was around in the 90s. So after the Iron Curtain, the, uh, the Berlin Wall got uh, uh, teared down. Uh, so the eastern side of Germany was more Russian influenced and the western side was more American influenced. So cable television, chocolate, etc., etc. And the Russian side was poor. So there was nothing really to just to have everything was the same like communist right. country right. um so but after they uh, uh they 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 destroyed the wall and just uh tore it down they reunited germany so and basically the western influence just uh, like just influenced the entire uh country of germany so which wow. mean we had cable television. My parents, they watched wrestling. And I was kind of, as a five-year-old, was peeking through uh, the doorframe. and was like, wow, right. oh, what's that? And right. as, a, as a child, I was a huge fan uh, yeah. of superheroes. That time was yeah. Turtles and He-Man and stuff like that. So, um, of course, wrestling was a real-life comic uh, movie for me. So I was yeah. uh, fascinated from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Then... Um, I remember my first big uh, pay-per-view I watched was WrestleMania 9, Caesar's Palace. Uh, then um, I watched it, got familiar with uh, all like the wrestlers. My favorite. What a time. circus that wow. was too. <laughs> that one in particular, such mm -hmm. a circus. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite in in that time was uh, Taker, Bret Hart, and Hogan. Mm. My 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 favorite three. Uh, and then I stopped watching wrestling. Because I had to go to school, and because of you know the the delay, sure. uh, it was uh, very late uh, at German television, so around two in the morning, something. So I was in bed. But then later, when I was thirteen, um, I caught fire again with resting, watching Attitude Era, mm -hmm. WWF at that time, two thousand Royal Rumble, two thousand started with that, and just so teenage years. Did you like uh, what was the sports 
in in Germany? Like, what what were your friends playing? What did you play? What was there amateur wrestling? What? Nope. No. Guess what? what? Soccer. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. So soccer, or as we would say in Europe, football. Yeah. Because uh, you kick a ball with the feet. So um, soccer was the number one. Is still the number one. And yeah. Everywhere in Europe, there's soccer yeah. maturity. So number one is soccer, then it's nothing, and number five, handball. I don't know. Um, <laughs> amateur wrestling is also a thing, but it's not glorified as in the states, for example. But right. also, the school system is different. So when you go to school here, you do not have to choose any sports. If you want to do sports, you have to do it in your free time, or oh. like you have to go to an extra club, whatever. Like. Oh. And, oh, okay. Okay. So in, in 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 the states, you can go to amateur wrestling. You can go to American football, whatever, right? So it's included. In Germany, not so. Um, oh. And in that case, uh, in school, I was kind of like, yeah, into soccer because everybody was into soccer, something. Right. And then right. uh, when I started watching wrestling again, age of thirteen, I was back uh, on the wrestling train. But meanwhile, I played soccer, but I lost interest in it. Because I, I was okay, you know, just playing a little bit in the streets because I watched yeah. all like the Ronaldo uh, tapes and everything. So I was really uh, just learning how to do tricks. But on the field, I I was not good at all. I was too nervous and I didn't <laughs> like it in that time. So then yeah. um, I have my... a similar experience with baseball. <laughs> so my best friend in that time with the age of 13 we just been super super hot on wrestling and we just pretended to be wrestlers of course some 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 people would say backyard wrestling but i never went that far okay. but i remember he got um in contact with some guys they had a wrestling club like a pro wrestling club but it was not really professional we did not train in the ring it was some guys, they had some seminars here and there by some old school guys from Germany or one of the guys who trained a week in Canada with Stu Hart um, okay. in a hard dungeon. And, you know, one guy passed on the knowledge to the other guy and it was kind of like, let's say semi-pro because when we had wrestling shows, we had a wrestling ring and we had mm -hmm. audience and everything was up there. But we wrestled in shorts and i don't know like baggy pants the majority of the guys looked like the rafe flock members and you know everybody <laughs> had as entrance song something from yeah. the biscuits uh chocolate starfish <laughs> and other favorite water so hey what's your entrance theme here the cd oh i forgot mine i take track number four i take track number eight hey that's my song <laughs> so ridiculous huh. no but in that awesome. case uh that was my first like experience with uh, cool. like from wrestling fan to actually doing wrestling right now, learn how to fall, learn how to roll, learn to be a little bit athletic. Uh, and then I kind of like um, moved on from seminar to seminar until I found around 2006 uh, professional wrestling school in Berlin. So, yeah. Okay. So how long, um, how long was this seminar to seminar thing? We talking like a couple of years. Yeah. A couple um, of years. Okay. Uh, around okay. four years, I would say, because uh, the this club in Dresden, where I started, it closed 2002 and 2006. Uh, I joined the club in, in, in Berlin, so in Berlin. around four years. Uh, but it was, was, real you know, training. I, I was, 
Yeah, it, it was real training, but it was uh, kind of like everything from like every time when there was a wrestling show, there was a more experienced guy than me. So uh, kind of like he held some seminars or just working in the ring with that guy. Not really as such as, hey, uh, I come from uh, now I go to this seminar where I pay money just to have three hours of learning from that pro. Because again, in that time, in Germany, there were not a lot of like pros around the environment I was in well, there. Well, I mean, I'll, so. I'll say even in the States, the word pro, you know, it, <laughs> it's it got different meanings, mm -hmm. um, of course. Uh, so you are working and, and just so that we don't, we're not, you know, uh, stuck in the mud here. Um, you're working, you, you get trained and you start working independence in Germany. Right. Um, what is the, like a, an example of some of the first, uh, big, bigger indies that you, you start doing in Europe? Like you're, I would, you're... I would say it was, um, the promotions called German wrestling federation. They okay. still exist to that day and they still oh, promote cool. uh, one show each month in Berlin, capital okay. of Germany. And um, so it's, it's also uh, quite a long story, but I try to make it short. So there are two, <laughs> the two founders of a German Wrestling Federation. One guy is uh, called Ahmed Mohammed Ali Cher and the other one is his brother, Mike Cher. Uh, okay. The father is Lebanese and the mother is German. Uh, and okay. they kind of grew up in Berlin and just been wrestling fans as well. But they, uh, in the time when they grew up with wrestling, it was more the old school time in Germany. So you have to be over 100 kilos. So over uh, 225 pounds. Uh, you have to be, have to have a certain size and whatever. And one of the old school guys was Robbie Brookside. So he was very okay. well known in Germany. He was mm -hmm. well known over Europe in general, but he was one of the old school guys who actually trained them in seminars and just you yeah. know make their life miserable with hard warm-ups yeah. and drills and whatever whatever because that was the way to protect the business you try to uh, yeah. seek out the, the bad from the good and yeah. if somebody wants to train wrestling they have to start amateur first so they have to know how to there have been actually amateur tournaments like legit amateur tournaments before the actual pro wrestling uh, tournaments yeah. there so where newcomers can prove themselves if they yeah have it what it got to just become a professional so and so again, you know boys robbie brookside is is currently he's a, a coach at nxt yeah one of the best yeah hands down yeah. i mean he's um, yeah he's a legend and he's amazing he's he's amazing person so he's well traveled and well known everywhere where he went and he's an awesome guy but uh he was also one of the only guys who actually trained my trainers in that time uh but they've been like smaller guys and etc cetera, etc cetera. so um push comes to shove they opened their own wrestling um promotion up and did some smaller shows first and they got a little bit bigger uh got more audience in berlin it was around two, 2003 uh okay. and then 2006 they stopped doing shows when i joined uh, uh joined that club so perfect time and then when i was there as well I, I kind of like um, was a part of their first shows back. So 
some okay. guys they took care of um this the show schedule organized mm-hmm. the venue organized everything the ring etc cetera, etc cetera, because uh nobody did it before so and then uh I, I think i had my first exposure 2007 one of their shows and then okay, from nice. there on they took me under their wings because i was willing and able just to drive them around as, right. a, as a as a good rookie you're just saying hey i have a car yeah. if you need somebody who rides you uh, <laughs> around so i can do it i remember i was serving at the german army at that time and then i decided to uh, not renew my contract with them uh, okay so i had like the option of going to afghanistan or going to uh, become a professional <laughs> wrestler so i choose professional or, wrestling or pretend fighting in your underpants <laughs> yeah so, um, and in that case, uh, they brought me over to France where I had kind of like my first exposure to bigger shows because okay. I remember uh, around 2007 or 2009, I was constantly working in France for a guy named Flash Gordon, not the Flash Gordon from America. Flash Gordon was kind of like a French version of yeah. Hulk Hogan. You know, and I did a Comic-Con where the actual know. Flash Gordon, I can't remember his his shoot name but no way he was really? there yeah i almost shit my pants when, when i heard first, yeah the name gordon. of the promoter in france flash yeah. gordon i was like really <laughs> he's not from france he's from america <laughs> i just thought of a great i just thought of a great um and anybody out there if they take this and make you know their million dollars on it that's cool you can have it but um a great porn name flesh gordon uh, okay, I can see that. Uh, yeah. Flat, Frank, come on. Frank, you're not even looking at me. No. Sam Jones. Sam Jones is Sam the Jones. actual yes, Flash Gordon. That's yeah. my job. I got to research this okay. stuff. Sam Jones. Well, I just said Flash. You said Flash Gordon, Gordon yes. You said Flash, Flash Gordon, yeah. yeah. No, Sam Jones star. was Flash Gordon. Sam Jones, like Flash a Gordon. A porn star. A porn star name. Like, that's, I, come on, Frank. I Do you want to use it? Do you want to, you can go that no, route. I just thought you would enjoy it. I'll make I just I'll thought, I'll, I'll I was just problems. expecting a reaction me, from you. Me, instead, me. you're looking at your crotch. Looking for Sam Jones. He, he's looking at his crotch, looking for yeah. flesh Gordon. All right. Let's, let's look at the flash. Back to your story, Wolfie. Yeah. So Frank um, ignores yeah. my porn name. So 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 the porn star Flash Gordon was the promoter of this French promotion. It's called International Wrestling Superstars Federation. Something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, horrible wrestling, like horrible. Uh, quality of wrestling, but sure. the one thing they really did great was protecting kayfabe. So, okay, we had to ride in different cars. So there was like heel and face cars. Yeah. We went to different entrances. We all meet up at the same place in Paris at one of those little French cafes. Wow. I can drink your little stuff and <laughs> eat your baguette or your croissant. <laughs> Uh, and then we split up in cars and it. drove around the country. And of, co- of course, we drove around uh, the country roads because they want to uh, save toll. Right. But um, no, it was great because like you went to some weird village where I think here's a wrestling show. Oh, my God. Somebody mm-hmm. killed a cat here. Nobody cares. Right. Yeah. And then you <laughs> have a... Yeah. <laughs> And then you have like one of those community centers and it's packed with like 3,000 people That's in there. Insane. And you think, where are right. all those people wow, come wait. from, right? So right. like 
great experience and also like we had one tour with with this promotion so yeah so long story short like uh made like good like um experience there like learning good. how to wrestle with the with the freaking broomstick because the promoter i needed to wrestle was not able to even take a simple flat bump but you know mm. want to do a fucking her karana from the top rope and <laughs> kind of like being yes the promoter i do what yeah. you want pay me right <laughs> you're so, the promoter so let's put the cart firmly before the horse please yeah of course no but in general like hor horrible wrestling like uh at the times but very funny so for yeah. all those guys who are in french comedy movies it was exactly like that when you watch like <laughs> uh like i don't know like time travelers or whatever they called like all like the french community movies the way they they talked about how they do their matches and everything it's just louis de Vinay in person like <laughs> something like this i think what? that's not french that's not english what is that but it's super, super I want to call a match that way. I want to um, call a match next time, in, the, dude, in the French When we have to change the basic is that or let's, let's, let's try to call it match, match our C's. Yeah. Like, that was, <laughs> yeah, but great experience in general. Because, like, uh, I remember we had one tour, one tour bus together. And it was kind of like uh, an NXT road loop. Everybody on a tour and having a good time. <laughs> and then we went yeah. from a basketball stadium to basketball stadium. And the lowest draw was something about 3,000. And the highest mm. draw was 9,000 people. That's by uh, a bunch That's of wrestling so independent guys and whatever like i remember and basketball stadium you're how many years in at this point uh professionally yeah i mean i i don't know because it's kind of a loose term right because yeah you're on the come up and people i don't think understand this with pro wrestling all the time but like you know usually you got a what we call a straight job um and uh you do that until pro wrestling's paying the bills so mm -hmm. for some years or you know for some people it, it takes two three years other people it takes yeah. 10 years i know? mean in in europe it's like this um i would consider somebody who's professional who would who has already experienced not only in years also in matches and who would make a good income with it but yes. in I, I think i'm one of the few guys in germany who actually makes a living out of that because right of my uh, experience and my time and my name uh, my time at wwe the, the name i made from that um, but the majority of the guys just making an extra euro right. or a pound uh from what they're doing so or they live from that but they live kind of like very poor from that because yeah i don't think a lot of people would make the same i would make and yeah if if so i have to charge more now but in general <laughs> inflation yeah know, yeah of course you know it's a real thing so but in general like uh, the difference between america where you have more let's say more more freedom just to make your own business grow mm -hmm. and everything and just mm -hmm. to become a professional but paying the bills from what you earn uh is whole different than uh in germany for example so yeah. Again, I, I wouldn't say I was a pro in that time. I was still a rookie learning and everything. Just try to yeah. make the best out of everything and just get as much as uh, booked as possible. And yeah. in that time when I was around in Germany, uh, in, in, in France, for example, that was my first first two years under a professional wrestling school. So I started in 2000, uh, 2000 with training, had my first match 2001. And I was 2007 till 
2009 constantly in France. But okay. after 2009, I kind of find my way back into the German wrestling scene and had the chance to establish my name there in the wrestling scene um, uh -huh. at the two biggest promotions there. So it's it's wild because, again, it's a whole different game than in the U.S., yeah. I guess. Um, so at the risk of leapfrogging stuff, how does how does NXT uh, because I like that you had talked about it before um, when you got there, like Kevin was there and Finn was there and uh, Shinsuke. And this was, uh, I remember a time right before like our, uh, you know, entrance into it. Um, and we didn't know, I didn't know at the time for me personally, that that's where I was going to end up going. But I do remember watching because I was familiar with Kevin and Finn mm -hmm. and Sammy and all these people. And I'm, I'm watching these takeovers and they seem incredible. And the crowd is electric and it just, it had, so what I felt like um, a year or two before that, like new Japan was the hottest place to be. Yeah. I felt like NXT at that time, that black and gold was starting to take that spot like that yeah. uh under not underground but but just below the surface different it, than wwe in general yes. more related more kick-ass yes matches. yeah mm -hmm. more gritty more you know so how does how do you end up um getting on the radar of of the spot to be in mm, i would say I so one of my main things is um, I never try to play favorites to whoever. So even if somebody like one of my best friends doesn't like this one guy, I don't know this one guy. I kind of I I, I cannot agree. You know what I mean? I I have to you know uh, I have to know this guy before I can like or dislike somebody. If that makes sure. sense. Sure. Yeah. So from your own opinion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you never know. And one of my best friends to this day, I first thought oh, I hate them, but still like love them to death. Um, so I remember there was one guy who was a wrestler, and he's I, I think he's still now one of the German WWE commentators. So um, he was taught by Alex Wright, and but then uh, they they separated from him because some some business stuff. And he was a part of um, one of the 16 carat alternate four way match guys. So 16, 16 carats, the tournament, right? Yeah, 16 carat yes. is the biggest uh, wrestling tournament uh, in mm. Europe, uh, yeah. promoted by uh, Westside Extreme Wrestling, biggest company yes. in Europe. And uh, they always have two of the tournament matches and four way alternates. So the one who wins that would be an optional guy who could fill up for a guy who would get injured or whatever yeah. so this guy was booked there and i remember i was as i'm with everybody like rightfully respectful and just nice and not a douche yeah. or whatever um yeah. so we had a good like like um like you know camaraderie there yeah and so not with everybody like this guy. So that's why I kind of like tell the story. So some people hated him and just told him to his face, like you're, <laughs> you're Mark, 
Yeah. <laughs> be not be not nice to him. Um, maybe <laughs> rightfully so. I cannot judge. But in that case, um, he texted me one day and said, hey, WWE comes to Europe again and they do tryouts and they are looking for German talents. Uh -huh. And I thought about you. And in that time, I would say safely, I was one of the top five in Germany uh, and basically one of the top guys, German guys. So there was me and one of the other guys, but I look more German than him. So I guess that's why he was referencing me like for the tryout. Okay. I said, why not? Uh, I sent him promo pics and some, you know, details, yeah. biography. And then uh, WWE contacted me. And then, you know, they invited me for a tryout 2014 in London. And yeah, I did my stuff. I knew my strengths and my weaknesses. Um, I wasn't going there for like getting signed because I thought in my mind I will never get signed because of you know what WWE is looking for, right? And of I'm course, not a bodybuilder, yeah. but yeah. I knew uh, um, I knew my craft in the ring, and you know yeah. I was training a lot of MMA and Jiu Jitsu in that time, so my cardio uh, still to this day is is very very good. Um, so, but I knew like promos, for example, ah, promos not my thing, you know which yeah. We Germans are not so good in speaking, so <laughs> there's no such thing as charisma in our nation. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that that too was a time, like you had mentioned before, with NXT, where they were doing more um, uh, less college athletes, more um, guys with wrestling experience. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll call it, yeah. and um, you know, like you said, knowing your craft started to have more value than um it had had in in previous years and yeah. even i'll say for my own come up like you know if you weren't six foot something and you know you were north of 30 years old like you just simply weren't going there so no, like there was a lot know. of instances where you would kind of write wwe off yeah. um, but things changed the funny thing on that was, I remember this tryout. A lot of guys were at the tryout um, who are who are actually now under contract with NXT. A lot of the British uh, guys, okay. but that time they specifically uh, were looking for the guys who would fit in this first international class for NXT because they wanted to make NXT bigger. So when I started, there was a big announcement. Press was there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, the German press, of course, um, in their glory, just did not mention at all something about my career in the wrestling scene in Germany, which would be interesting. No, it was just, oh, you served in the German military. That's it. <laughs> but that's Germany. Well done. Yeah, well <laughs> done. I thought the same. Like, guys, I busted my yeah. ass for years on that scene, but it's right. still not, you know, noticed at all. Not, not, yeah. not even one show. Okay, cool. Mm. Uh, so I guess uh, I'm the guy who can shoot now. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but um, the trial was very interesting. It was led by uh, William Regan and Robbie Brookside. Robbie Brookside just killed us with the drills and everything. But yeah. I, again, I was, I was in in ring shape, uh, prepared uh, to rock and roll and nothing really affected me in the way I have to, you know, show it. Of course, yeah. I was blown sky high and like sure. sore as hell, but, you know, poker face just being, yeah, all good, can go, yeah. why not? And Especially um, in front of those two. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Regal exactly. and Brookside. I mean, talk so, about a couple so of with hard me the thing, I I have this weird pride of uh, not showing that I'm Gask. Mm. And it's, I remember the drills in the performance center when Bloom did the drills. I, I was no, I I do not give you that that you see me blown up. I smile at you, twenty four seven. Let me do good. this grape grape crushes for three hours and then we good, kind of. Yeah, but you can't no, break uh, me, Matt Bloom. No, no, not at all, not him. God no, <laughs> don't. Yeah, I could now. You can't give him the pleasure. No, you can't. Um, uh, no, but the tryout was was very fun. It was cool. Um, and again, like the in ring stuff was was my territory. I felt very uh, comfortable, comfortable there, and yeah. uh, you know, capable of just uh, doing uh, the training match. I was one of the eight guys who got a training match, and my training match was just to be an asshole to a guy who tried to let the match, but he already had two years' experience, so. Uh, he thought I kind of like want to make him look bad, but I did the opposite and I saved his ass a couple of times because he wanted to do some, I don't know, crossbody, something from the top rope, slipped almost like broke his neck and I catched him and just improv for that. So I yeah. guess that was one of the things where they saw, oh, you can work safe and improv yeah. and just, you know, carry on without, you know, just stopping or whatever. So well, it's um, the truth that it comes to down to like you don't know what's gonna get you the green light over the yeah. red. Like you really yeah. don't know. You just so assume. put the reps in and mm. and you know get good at your craft and and yep. then take your shot. You know what's presented. I remember the worst thing was when and like one of the funny things was I always failed at the tryout. You always get watched and tested. And I believe it was so like this. Because after saying. the one and a half day of tryout drills and training matches, et cetera, et cetera, um, we had to do paperwork. And yeah. for the paperwork, we had to stand in the hallway, uh, left and right at the walls, and just waiting until Mark Carano finished the paperwork for us. But we stood in the hallway for around three hours in that time where every superstar including Papa H just came through and just everybody walked by <laughs> and just to test us if we, I don't know, interact with the guys or if we kind yeah. of like being brown noses or whatever, just, you yeah. know, just stand there and just, you know, keep your head down, be silent. If somebody talks with you, <laughs> right? right. Just, if you be, uh, you know, a mark or not. And then yeah. in the end we had the promo session. That was very scary for me at that time sure. because it was a dark room and you had mm. uh, Regal and, um, Robbie in there and also um, the guys in charge from TR and you stood yeah. there and you had to cut the camera and of course I yeah. prepared a, a typical resting one-on-one -on -one promo for we hey I'm it. the best in the world and yeah we you know, all have that get ready for voice. the roller coaster because here yeah. I am and wink yeah, wink and whatever and you know that time get in that squared circle yeah in that squared circle you know put you down and I will cover you <laughs> That's uh, how you know that guy is in the building when, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's you when know. you know that guy's. Formula without concern. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> like the, I prepared the promo in a very bad English and my English is still not perfect. But like in that time I was, you know, I, I knew I some imagine. words, but in that it was kind of like a very bad prepared promo in English with like all like the typical phrases and whatever and i'm yeah. the best wrestler in the world and yada 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 and then the end was kind English of like and I, I finished the promo and i was dead silence 
and then you hear Regal's voice from the back. All right, Axel, uh, do you have something else prepared? And me just be like, oh, I shit my pants, right? So, <laughs> but hey, fair play, because uh, Regal is also one of the great guys I had the pleasure to work with because yeah. he was so uh, giving and so understanding, yeah. especially for uh, international talents. So yeah. he was telling me, hey, just cut a promo in German, mm-hmm. something. And I sure. remember I was so pissed about myself that mm. I kind of the moment when you knew you fucked up and mm. you knew exactly you should have prepared a little bit more. And mm. I was cutting a promo in German that I don't like to be here in that room. And that is not why I feel comfortable. But when I go outside, I expose everybody in the ring. And mm. if, if you want me to go outside again and just rest against everybody, I will just fuck up everybody. Like really get mm. hot about yeah. myself just being so angered and yeah. that was also i believe one of the things where i got a little bit like the true me out of myself and looked a little yeah. bit more emotional and more like uh authentic uh when i talked yeah. so because in, i don't know in that moment something real came to the yeah. surface some yeah. some real like oh i'm fucking this opportunity up i can't mm-hmm. be this big of an asshole yeah. and you're mad at yourself or whatever it is but yeah. that's um it's visceral you know you yeah. can you can feel that yeah. in the end it was oh you, you you're a very great athlete and you you it seems to be you you have a lot of wrestling experience but you need to work on your promo skills so thank you very much for attending and yeah next one please that was my feedback and then i remember later on robbie just came by oh here uh, just you know exchanging email uh, uh, address and send me stuff of you and maybe we invite you for next time but then uh, two months later, I got a call from Kenyon and he said, I even want to sign you for the NXT development program. So lucky Beautiful. me. So you get to NXT. Um, how does uh, how does how does sanity how does sanity come together? So uh, it's yourself. Yeah. It's EY. It, did it start out the four of you? No, it was actually the first was Sawyer Fulton. I don't know if you remember him. No, you you went there. Uh, when, no. when Sawyer was I think there. I remember him being mentioned, though. Yeah. I think uh, I do. He was still there when you guys started with him. NXT, but he was doing yeah. something else. He was probably in rehab. Uh, he was very unlucky with that. Um, so basically, I was somewhere floating around coconut shows, trying to get as much as possible like exposure, try to work on a character. Um, and then they put me and him together for uh, a tag team match. But before that, he was in a in a, in a, in a six man tag situation with Sammy Callahan and Marcus Louis, one of the French guys. Yeah. And they uh, uh, Sammy quit that time. Marcus Louis got released, and he was by himself. So then they put me with him together because uh, they asked me, "Hey." Uh, do you have any experience in tag team wrestling? So, yeah, whatever. Just let me do something because I was desperate yeah. to uh, do something, not just yeah. being at the PC, get just want to wrestle, right? Yeah, yeah, get some reps and just get familiar with the way of working there because yeah. I started from scratch when I started with NXT because what I knew was what I knew, but I was not keen on just saying, hey, I know everything, so let me learn. Uh, yeah. uh, nothing and just, you know, let me be myself. No, I was kind of like reinventing myself and learning uh, everything from zero again, uh, which which was great. So in that time, 
again, I was trying to get some reps. Uh, they put me together with Sawyer Fulton and then they kind of like felt like, oh, you guys have some chemistry. So you guys stay together. Then later on, they pitched on the idea that, hey, there's an idea about a group. So Hunter has this idea for years and he probably thinks he has the right guys for that. So stay tuned. We kind of like us. Really? Cool. Let us know. Mm. So mm. then EY came for um, a one match in, uh, I think he wrestled Samoa Joe and NXT. And then later on, they brought him in again and say kind of like, so you three guys, Hunter has an idea. So there's a movie, Smoking Aces. And in that movie, it's about mercenaries and, and like assassins and whatever. And they need to kill one particular guy. And one of the assassins are like three chaotic neo-nazi stream punk guys not stream punk so like punk guys yeah walking around with like the iron cross on it and just beating up each other and right if they have uh you know a job for a hit they kind of like do not use the the silencer and just shoot them quiet and really clean no they throw in grenades and shotguns blazing <laughs> or whatever so like total right. psychopath and so he wants to have a team like this okay cool sounds good ey's in that case so he's he's of course one of the guys and uh, <laughs> yes, I I used I used good. to be a serious wrestler in that time so I had to kind of like create this sanity Alexander Wolf from, uh, right. from scratch as well okay kind wow. of like okay how can I be over the top how can I be this kind of like psycho this maniac yeah uh, and with sorry the same thing so and then before we debut Nikki who was already touring with us, like riding with us and being good friends with her because I knew Damo from Europe, from WXW. Yeah. So, oh, that's your fiance. Awesome. You know, just come with us and whatever. Because yeah. she had also like some troubles to, you know, finding the niche in NXT and also with the culture shock and everything. So of course. she was already one of us. Right. And at the day when we debuted, she came to us and said, hey, I'm, I'm with you guys. And we thought like, yeah, let's go, Nikki, joking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, guys, seriously. Or like as Nikki would say, seriously, I'm with you guys. <laughs> so in that case, we all four mm. debuted. Uh, our first takeover showing was in Toronto. It was for the pre-tape. Sawyer Fulton torn his pack off. Mm. But the train was already leaving That'll the station so we already yeah. rolling and demo came in and he his plans was uh, the first nxt uk tournament but then they put him with sanity because he fit in mm-hmm. and that's how we four got together and from that on wow wow so i mean a couple a, a left where you made a right and all yep. things could be different but yep. it was to me coming in when we came in you guys were such a polished um product uh you guys yourselves sanity as a group um and it was one of the things that in later years paul Heyman would point out to me how like the sum like a successful faction or group is is generally um, the sum is greater than the parts, but at the same time, those parts are important because the dynamic yeah. between them and the differences, you know, what makes them different, what makes them similar, and the amount that the audience begins to learn of those 
little things is what those details are what make it interesting and and oh, it, yeah. you know it's really very accurate um description and advice yeah and you guys I, had that oh for sure like even since the first day i mean for myself i think around the first takeover in orlando was wrestlemania weekend uh, we had the four against four and i think that was the time for me where i kind of like find my inner rhythm with this mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. but then later on it was everybody brought their like bits and pieces to the entire character and just build up this this stable mm -hmm. uh like with every kind of colors or like influence and i remember i just researched uh, researching the the shit out of everything what i liked um mm -hmm. little details like in this character from personas from i remember for example my it's it's not really in that character a lot but i remember my, my wife is watching a movie and i couldn't care less about this movie until one scene where it was i think hobbit and in that movie is a dragon who kind of like uh, uh sits on a, on a, on a, on gold and protects it and somehow but the way he spoke was very mm -hmm. intriguing so a lot of like the way he pronounced a lot of things and even me as as a german uh, native guy who still tried to figure out how to speak english correctly uh, tried to take out bits and pieces for promos or listen to music and lyrics rage against the machine or stick to your guns or whatever and just use that material for promos uh, just understanding what it means and feel it so and then movie movie characters here and there just every bits and pieces just taking it out and just uh mm -hmm. taking it to promo class and see if it works or if it if if the writer like joe at that time the castro if he if he likes it yeah you know but uh, also like working together with a, a smart man like demo together like ey who has uh, so many tv experience demo is very intelligent but also helped me a lot out with like uh, speaking and Nikki mm -hmm. also being a total nutcase, like even in real life, <laughs> total. just being being um, one of the most important uh, parts of the entire stable. Oh, so 100%. it was a lot of fun, man. That's what the I like the It was so dynamic because of the difference between all of you, but you all were able to play crazy well. So it wasn't a matter of convincing people like you guys were. As far as I'm concerned. You know, we worked closely with you guys. Like you guys, <laughs> pretty much were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was uh, <laughs> it was quite the ride. Um, you know, working with you guys as long as we did, um, but a, a blast every time. Um, everybody was up for whatever. I I do remember. Uh, you know, and then just some of the uniqueness of like the dynamic with Nikki. Uh, I think there was a match with Cole and probably EY hmm. something where it ended up Nikki doing something to Cole and it, and it made sense because even though it was Nikki and so it was a woman um, getting something on Cole who was like our main guy, um, you know, Cole's a, he's a pretty dude and yeah. uh, Nikki was a, a crazy chick and yeah. it's some so the dynamic worked you know it just worked and and i don't know that it, if you tried to design it that way that it would have worked so well uh, they gave me a well good uh, they gave me and us a good like uh like liberty for creation that was good yeah. i remember 
I wrestled too much in the beginning, and they chewed me and Sawyer out for that because uh, Hunter okay. didn't like that, and, and they've been very, very were. clear of you guys were psychos. So no, yeah. no pretty smooth technical wrestling, which I love, which I still do. Which and that I, had to be so tough for you, yeah. It was very tough because I learned how to be uh, very smooth in the ring and just that everything flows in and just technical here and there, like European wrestling stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but then they say, hey, and also what not really helped in that time, like it helped in general just to be a part of Terry Taylor's class, but it did mm-hmm. not help as sanity being a part of Terry Taylor's class because right. Terry Taylor is an old school guy. He worked territories right. and he, he loves the wrestling, but right. in that case, <laughs> wrestling. it was not great. So it, it was not good. Yeah. And we told it, Terry, we admired you and we, we, we know you're right because he always likes to hear that. But mm-hmm. we said, <laughs> we, we cannot go further with, with your stuff, what you teach right. us, because we have to go the right opposite. We have right. to throw a thousand punches and we have to try For to bite gimmick. somebody's yeah. nose off or poke their eyes out or whatever. Yeah. So, and he understood in the end after we all got threatened to get, you know, replaced or got mm-hmm. released. So, which was not great because. That was me for the first time uh, where some of the guys, uh, it was Regal and Bloom just being very, you know, yeah. straight, which I, uh, me as a, as a German, I like being honest and I like when somebody's honest with me and I can't take that. But I, yeah, in that time, I couldn't handle it because I thought everything was great because, uh, you know, I got told to do that by my coach. So I right. was. Yeah, try to be a good soldier. But in the end, like uh, Terry understood and he helped us out in the end. And yeah, I remember Scotty Tohati was a very, very, very important person for me to develop my NXT uh, sanity character, my Alexander Wolf sanity character, because yeah. he's the master of like entertainment. I remember we had yes. like, exercises with, yep. okay, we all do five minute training matches. Don't touch each other. Finishes the schoolboy. Go. Yeah. And you think like, oh, how that so you figure out how to play with the character yeah, or just to yeah. kind of like entertain and he gave me so many great things where every day um he just yeah oh, i thought about this when i went to bed yesterday in the problem you can kind of like talk with the other guy and just pick your beer and just look at this and yeah. throw it away and nobody knows what was it but it's weird or you know yeah. you you kind of like uh see that guy he reminded me on you so how about you kind of like do this and that and yeah that was like a lot of uh like he was very very giving and he was very uh grateful for like me being um you know more creative with like being a character instead of a wrestler so i think those those guys are invaluable uh Mm -hmm. because i i think as pro wrestlers we get very caught up in pro wrestling and much of the stuff that becomes successful and gets mm-hmm. over or whatever you want to call it is stuff that comes from outside of that pro wrestling bubble. And yep. then when it's presented in, in the right way within the bubble, um, it turns into this whole other thing. Oh yeah. And, it, and, and then that's, you know, that's kind of the money. And um, like you guys were, you were shit kickers. You know, so to, when I found out, because I, I I knew that you were a technical wrestler before uh, you came on the podcast tonight, but um, to to have met you at that stage in your career 
and to have worked so closely with you and to know how good you were at that um, to then find out that, you know, the technical was, was more of your forte is it's yeah. insane. Cause it seemed it's like you had been doing that. The, the shit kicker forever because you were so good at it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I always tried just to be an all rounder as possible. Cause I got mm. taught that way, but I, I really had to work for that. Like to find that kind of like bust myself or nope. Don't be so smooth. Don't be too technical. Yeah. The only way I used a little bit of that just to get the other guy, you know, just bring the other guy on top, like for a shine or whatever, just use that for like going into his moves, but not yeah. doing my moves. That was more like kind of, you know, as you say, taking yeah. the shit out of that guy. Yeah. Not the easiest thing in the world. And those, uh, you know, no. old habits, they, uh, they die hard. So it's uh man, it's, it's a credit to your talent really for, for you to be able to, um, change it, not, not, not change it like indefinitely, but to do something else to do what, and, and this is for young guys out there. Like that's what Hunter was looking for. That's what he was asking for. Like, you don't, you don't get to come into the movie and audition and then go, oh, wait, no, that's not the role I'm auditioning for. I was mm -hmm. auditioning for, um, you know, the, the captain role. Like, that's not how it works. Oh. So, you know, you become the best. You, in that case, you became the, the best shit-kicking crazy person you you could become. And, and that's a credit to your, your commitment to the business and, and then just your talent as a whole. Um, so these days back in Germany, mm -hmm. are you the technical, uh, wizard? Oh yeah. The... Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when I got let go by WWE, uh, I kind of like tried to a little bit reinvent myself, but just, I started as kind of a little breed of a hybrid of sanity and imperium but um more like imperium because that's more the style i like, like yeah european mad wrestling technical wrestling but i also used um a lot of like stuff i would use as sanity alexander wolf um mm -hmm. so of course come back to germany former wwe guy being a baby face okay what did Shawn michaels taught me how to be a baby face. So that was the first thing, like the rhythm of the comeback, et cetera, et cetera, how to right. make everything make sense, tell a little story, sell enough, take enough time, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, but I have to kind of like find myself back into the mix of, or like the other guys who now uh, at the German market, I knew a lot of guys um, have been there for, for a lot of years but be new in WXW, for example, some of the guys are still there, um, which I have wrestled before I went uh, to WWE. So something new, something old. But for me, it was uh, a big opportunity just to find myself again and mm -hmm. just improve myself, just, you know, become sure. a better version, like an Axel Tischer 2.0. Yeah. And then also just to prove some people wrong. That was like, yeah. you know, I had a big ship on my shoulder just to say, hey, um, I got let go because uh, some of the point, but like, you know, there's always a reason why 
you know, they it, cut him. It was it was definitely not budget cuts, but mm -hmm. um, in that case, I remember Norman Spiley told me that or told us us in the in, in the class. Awesome, one of also one of the great coaches from the yeah. performance center. But he taught Fantastic. us, hey, when you there will this day come for everybody. Sure. So some some for the one percent probably not. The one percent would be a John Cena or Roman Reigns, but for some people will always be that day when they get let go or the contract is running out or they yeah. go to a different promotion, whatever. <laughs> but can you look yourself in the mirror and say, I gave hundred percent of everything, mm -hmm. and that time. Like in that case, I could because uh, number one, and that was the first thing I, I changed was you never wear in shape. You you had in ring shape, cardio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I know how to move, but uh, like physically shape, like body wise, yeah. never had the shape. So yeah. I hooked myself up with the nutrition coach, yes, and he helped me out just getting my ass in shape. Yes, so that have. was the first thing, and then and you the are in fantastic shape from what I've seen, sir. Thank you very much. Yes. So, but that was one of the commitments I had to do just to prove myself also wrong that sure. I, I I can do it and everybody yeah. can do it. It's just, yep. you know, I was just too lazy and I was eating shit. So, yeah. hard truth. But then also, like, food what, tastes good. Pardon me? <laughs> food tastes good. Of course. <laughs> of course. You know, got them cakes. Um, yeah, happens. but in, in the end, like it was kind of like again, I had to prove somebody wrong. Mm. Uh, and nothing wrong with having a chip on the shoulder. I, yeah. I think I, that's you know, me personally, I operate best when I have a yeah. little bit of a chip on my me shoulder. as well, to, just to have like the energy of kind of like keep it going, keep it going. Yeah. But, um, I probably needed let's say three months ish just to feel back comfortable. Because uh, also there was still a pandemic in Germany, and Germany was yeah. one of the countries who really hold on till forever till with like end. everything yeah. of regulations and whatever. Okay. Um, so, but I was lucky enough that when I came back to Germany, shows started again. So I had the chance to work frequently. I had to, uh, I was booked Good. right away, of course. Yeah. But then uh, I kind of find a rhythm again. I find a rhythm of uh, my work rate got up. So right now it's that I have one weekend off a month. The other weekends I'm, I'm good for you. away touring, good for you. which is good. But like in general, like I feel more so comfortable. And life. then I figured out like working different ways of like match structure against other guys and just how yeah. to kind of like get into a character which can work everywhere or you know some characters don't work everywhere but right. i always try to find out like do i do more like entertainment stuff or wrestling stuff but just always be myself mm -hmm. in the different way people like to see it right now and yeah. uh, right now i have probably the most fun of my life because i had Good. a chance like to to turn heel at wxw just away nice. from babyface, former WWE guy, because that's nice. now almost two years um, yeah. uh, gone. So two years ago. So now I had the chance to turn heel and just, uh, I had an idea about a character and just try to present that at the product like WXW or like at the indie right. market with the tacticality they have, uh, you know, yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you have a uh, a platform to, to still continue to do this. And it sounds to me like you are 
growing, which um, just as a performer, you know, money aside, it's just satisfying to know yeah. that you're uh, evolving in that way. Um, Wolfie, I got to say, um, we're going to have to have you come back on for a part two because we didn't even get into the Imperium stuff. Oh, man. Like, we I'm didn't sorry. I'm, make it out I talked so much about oh, stuff. No, like, no, no, no. Dude, you like the, both factions deserve their own segment, I believe. And then we got the rest of your career. So, I mean, dare I say we might, this might be a, a three part. I, I would love to. But I'm here for it. I, cool, just, absolutely. I just don't know how, how many nights you want to be up late over there. No. Oh, I don't care. I'm good. My my <laughs> wife is a is a true soldier. She she's my biggest supporter. So, All she right. she takes the morning shift with the kiddos. So I okay. can sleep a little bit longer. So okay, so she's that's important. That's important. You got. I mean, and being a um man, being a wrestler's wife is uh, it's no picnic. It is no picnic. Uh, ask she, my wife. Before I moved over to the States, she, she, uh, like I already was like in the mix with wrestling all the time. And she was yeah. like, what do you do? You can make a living with that? Huh? Get a real job? Kind of. But then she moved over with me to the States. And she kind of, we both kind of like, um, kind of went through the entire ups and downs from, from the time over in Florida, the culture shocks and yeah. the... Let's see how we get along here with mm -hmm. everything around here, especially my ups and downs with like WWE yeah. when I came home and be frustrated mm -hmm. to not work on the coconut. Sure. Shows. So sure. she knows the drill and she's very supporting. And, you know, that's I'm awesome. the muscle, she's the brain. So she, we work together as one team. <laughs> well, that's that's you how you know you got a good one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I'm definitely not bringing any brains to the equation over here in the nope. fish household. Too, too many headphones. Out of one. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um we're gonna hold you to coming back on um we will set that up and uh what uh anything you got going on uh in the um, coming I, weekends I think... that you wanna you wanna plug or any any social media any uh yeah uh you can find me on instagram is uh xmen3016 wolf uh mm -hmm. without the e because that's a copyright but uh then also oh. on on twitter is xmen3016 um yes and then otherwise i, I yeah pro racing tees you find me under xmen sure. axel fisher um, am i gonna see you at 1pw next month no so the guy contacted me but uh i assume he was not afraid of my fee because when i see all like the guys up there they mm. probably taking also a lot of money and one of the guys who worked there one of the german guys recommended me to him but mm -hmm. he didn't contact me yet for that but i was hoping so especially when i saw yeah. your your name on it but, oh um, man i would i mean and listen i'm looking forward to are you are you just Will there Ospreay, for one one day I, or are you doing the european yeah. tour no no i'm i'm in it they got me because i'm working another show the the night of the fl last flight to get to the mm -hmm. uk like i'm gonna be on a a tight schedule tight. I just gotta work Very tight. yeah wow. but yeah i'm uh excited oh. to be headed over and uh you know gonna have a good one but i, I gotta say I, I you know i'd be partial to a a, a go round with uh with, with wolfie you know the history coming over and, here uh, yeah, yeah we, we talked yeah. already about that so so i yeah 
we we have to de uh, uh, dive deeper in that and if you come over just you know let me know we see 100 if some german promotions wants to have to bobby fish on i would love show. to i would love to come over and make whatever we can out of it you know uh, as long a stay as as will make sense or as short a stay yeah as it has to make sense, sense. i i totally you feel know, with that whatever. like a lot of a lot of people ask me like question hey come over to the states and blah 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 so first yeah. of all i need a visa second yeah. of all it has to make sense just to leave my family for yeah. weeks and not coming home with some 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 cash or whatever yeah so yeah it definitely yeah. has to make some sense because i think we both are not anymore at that time of our career where we just go no. over for for the drinks and the the sleepovers. <laughs> no, no, I think that's pretty pretty well said. <laughs> All right, well, Wolfie, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Uh, the nostalgia, you guys, is is uh, bubbling over in my uh, my brain yes. here. Uh, I miss them days; they were fun. Yeah, man. Talk sure. to you soon. Yes, you, sir. sir. Good luck. And uh, gentlemen, Frank. Frank, do you want me to bring back the Iron Sheik, Bubba? Yeah, we've <laughs> well, been waiting for the Iron Sheik impression. Oh, no, Bubba, we're going uh, home, Bubba. Take us home, Bubba. <laughs> there it is. All right. Say good night, Bobby. Good night, Bobby.